2: Here we go. Here we go. Dak (laughs) Prescott. Finally, a signature win from the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott likely cemented MVP last night. Lots going on. Good morning. Are you
3: still drunk from the weekend? What the (laughs) heck are you talking about? Listen,
2: what I do on my weekend is my business. No, uh, this was a big win, and I'm sorry for your Philadelphia Eagles. But the Dallas Cowboys are the headliner today.
3: Finally, a signature win. You understand this is a regular season. There is only one kind of signature win for where the Cowboys are right now. And that is at least an NFC title game win. And second of all, Dak Prescott has cemented the MVP in a season where the MVP changes every week. Watch, Tyreek Hill's is going to cement it tonight. (laughs) So, uh, honestly, the Cowboys, yes, this was a big win. But this is not the signature win they need. Because this team is good enough that you have to give them the Super Bowl contender label.
2: Okay, Well, they do have the Super Bowl contender label. Now, maybe everyone's playing for second place in the NFC because the San Francisco 49ers do win again, but let's just focus in on the Cowboys for a second. They have something that's going for them right now that they've never had before, which is a new type of confidence with Dak Prescott and this offense where they hit rock bottom with the 49ers loss and... What have they done since? Yes, they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, but you keep telling me that's a DAC awesome performance even though they lost in week five. Or what is it, week eight? Yeah, it was. Now they steamroll the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that didn't even feel close in the second half despite the fact that, you know, it wasn't like an offensive... uh, you know, explosion in the second half, but never really felt close. This combination of defense with how Dak is playing, you got Kellen Moore the hell up out of there because he was great with putting up numbers, but this offense seems smarter than what it was with Kellen Moore. You got to give credit to Mike McCarthy as well.
3: Okay, I'll give you all that. But first of all, the offense is a bit, one per player focus it's kind of cd lamb and everybody else i mean what they might might still be a receiver short with a little jake ferguson those are the two guys that scare you i mean the eagles for some reason refuse that absolutely refuse we're not going to double cover cd lamb you know let's let him get another 191 (laughs) receiving yards i don't know what is going the new eagles defensive coordinator get him out of there yeah he's done
2: well you guys hated the last guy too yeah yeah
3: (laughs) desai experiment over but not doubling cd lamb was insane considering your cornerbacks cannot cover him I do think... Dude, I think we're forgetting, there was a lot of hype about the Cowboys two years ago, coming into that Niners game that they lost at home. Yep. The one where Dak screwed up the end of the game. And then there was hype after they blew out the Bucks in the first round last sure. year. So I don't think w- this is new, this regular season hype for the Cowboys. And I hate to be that guy, because I think the Cowboys are an excellent team. But show me in the postseason.
2: Okay, but okay, let's just compare them to your Philadelphia Eagles who you've said they look tired. Collinsworth agreed with you yeah. last night in Tarico. And tell me, like, which team is going one way and which team seems like they're going another way i
3: have no problem with that the eagles are struggling they are the young guys are hitting a rookie wall there's no doubt about it jalen carter looks exhausted oh uh, he scored
2: I, last night on the scoop well, and score. that was exactly. like hard Edwards it, style that don't was really let the
3: scooping score for you jalen <laughs> carter is, is his season is over at georgia right now he him and jordan davis look tired yes the eagles right now are in a bit of a slump i'll give you that the cowboys look better but it's a long season maggie
2: no, it is a long season. But we're kind of getting a little towards the end of it now. I mean, there's, there's a <laughs> it's lot
3: a long of, season. There's darn a it, of, there's <laughs> a lot of
2: ball game left, but like not that much. I mean, here's the thing about your Eagles: where are they going to miraculously find all this rest? You don't have another bye week coming, and you're now in such a dogfight here because you have to win out to reclaim the top of the NFC East if you you know want that, which you should be gunning for, and. You're you're not gonna be able to rest anybody. Like you can't load manage your way through this one. Now your schedule is easy, so maybe you steal a fourth quarter here or there, but I I doubt it. And I just I think that the the Dallas Cowboys, yes, definitely they are gonna be judged by what happens in the postseason. However, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's being naive to pause on this game. Look at what they were able to do last night in their own building. How much of a home field advantage this has turned into in their home building and just say, I appreciate what they do. I appreciate the way they play.
3: I would just warn Cowboys fans and everybody, do not act like last night meant anything. I'm being dead serious. Don't act like that was a Super Bowl because you beat that Eagles team. That is not your test. Yeah, your DL test is not that good. Your your test, especially on the road and this con- particular condition, your test is coming against San Francisco, and you better be ready for it. I, I really believe that, and I, I think you can say I'm seeing a lot of good signs. I'll will t- give you all that, but really, this last night to me didn't say, "Oh, okay." The Cowboys have showed me that this year is different because, unfortunately, as the Cowboys are rising, right, so are the 49ers. That's true
2: win five-game winning streaks for both of these teams, and San Francisco owns every tiebreaker. Yeah. I mean, over Philly, over Dallas. Like, you know, San Francisco has a couple tough games coming up, notably against the Baltimore Ravens, who won again yesterday in overtime, rain-soaked win. But, I mean, I, listen, I think the combination also... Like, they went on and on about it in the broadcast, and you can read about it. Peter King wrote about it this morning, too. Like, Dak kind of really did remake himself from the ground up. Yeah. Like, his footwork was not where it needed to be. Everything, along with the West Coast offense, which is you're getting the ball out as soon as your back foot hits the ground on that two-step, three-step drop back, whatever. It's, like, added this new element. And their defense is amazing, too. Yeah. So, like it's all kind of coming together and their kicker can't miss. He's amazing. That's a Brandon Aubrey. Wow. Dude is the first time in NFL history. He hit a 60 yarder. Someone hit a 60 yarder and a 59 yarder in the same game.
3: I have a rule with Dak Prescott. Don't believe the bad news and don't believe the good news. Just sort of treat him like a normal quarterback because he's a Cowboys quarterback. When he struggles a little bit, the sky is falling. Now that he's playing well, he is the surefire MVP. Maybe he's Dak Prescott and he's always been a good quarterback and always will be a good quarterback, but he's yet to prove he's a great quarterback. Even if he wins the MVP this year, uh, that doesn't mean anything to me until he does it in the postseason.
2: Wow. Winning the MVP wouldn't do anything.
3: No, nothing. This is, that's like the NBA. That's like giving the MVP to a guy who has no chance in the playoffs. Honestly,
2: I'm telling you, wait, that wait, here wait, we go crap is working, man. Wait, uh, all the pre snap penalties are gone from, well, not all of them, but a lot of them are gone.
3: If he won the MVP and they went out in the second round of the playoffs, wouldn't that be a disaster for Dallas? Who cares if he wins the MVP? And I, this is a Joel Embiid fan in Philadelphia. <laughs> that didn't mean anything after they they lost in the second round of the playoffs. Trust me, this I think it's almost I I think it's almost downplaying the Cowboys to say that was the win we wanted last night because this this team better be focused on the Super Bowl. Otherwise, what are we doing here?
2: Let's hear from CD Lamb. Can we, Manny? Uh, talking about De- Dak Prescott, he's rebounded from last season's struggles.
4: His approach, man. Um, obviously, I mean, we we hear the noise that we were, you know what I'm saying, right. everybody was saying about him. But uh, just continuing to be, you know, himself. Obviously, and last year wasn't, you know, necessarily himself. And this year, he's coming out revamped. So happy for him, continuing to work. And I've, I've seen it happen. So just to see it unfold is is amazing,
3: man.
2: I mean, I think what C.D. Lamb is probably talking about there is the interceptions, not himself, you know, because Dak's never really been a high-interception well, guy. Yeah. And then last year, they really piled up.
3: He also broke his finger in week one and missed so, half the season. Yeah, so. five games. Yeah.
2: Um. But you hear – listen – you want to take it for what it is, right? A Post-game, after a big win, everyone's hyped up on a Sunday night. But this has been a consistent theme you're hearing from the Cowboys about Dak Prescott. Uh, let's hear from Micah Parsons, said this is a statement win for Dallas.
4: Yeah, I think everybody's been waiting for that statement win. We've been talking about statements, and we got this high power offense that came in our stadium and how good we've been at home. Um, we wanted to put a statement at home, especially how that game went last time. Um, it could have went either way, 50-50, We forced three turnovers last time, but it just fell their way. So it's good uh, for them to finally fall our way.
2: There you go. I mean, needed this win. I know you say it doesn't matter because it's regular season. We'd be feeling a lot worse about the Cowboys if they had lost last
3: night. Yeah, but it didn't feel like that was on the table. <laughs> Honestly, how, how quickly did that game... You did, did call
2: you... it. You've said all week that the Eagles were going to lose yeah, this, this game. Yeah,
3: the second they picked up that flag on the first touchdown, I'm like, oh, this is not going well. The, <laughs> the Cowboys marched down the field, score a touchdown, they call a holding penalty, and they're just like, you know what, on second thought, we're not going to call that holding, and that was, that was the death knell right there. It was over. That er- was
2: the death knell. <laughs> that hurts, okay. of course.
3: Hurts has a fumble problem now. That's an issue. The defense just cannot... They can't stop anybody, Maggie. It's been drive after drive, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Actually, coming away from last night, their one question about the Cowboys is they were unable to pour on the gas in the second half offensively. Maybe a little concern there. Because I wonder, when I look at even last night, they are one-dimensional in the sense that CeeDee Lamb is their super weapon. If you're the Niners and you take that away, do the Cowboys have enough of a run game, enough balance to actually go where they want to go?
2: You know, it's a great question because they have Pollard, but... Beyond that, you know, I know we love our guy. Deuce Vaughn was not even active last
3: night. Rico Dowdle is a nice change of pace guy. And Turpin has some plays. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, Mm these are the the drives for Dallas in the second half. So, Eagles come out, they fumble on their first drive out of halftime, and the Cowboys go three and out. So, not able to make them pay there. Then, the fumble return for a touchdown, uh, Jalen Carter. So, then after, how do you respond? Field goal, field goal. Field goal, you're right. It's not like they weren't able to really... And some of those field goals were from the logo.
3: Which might be fine, by the way. Maybe they were just playing with a lead and protecting a lead. And listen, at least they were moving the ball and scoring field goals.
2: That's true. I mean, it really was... The only thing worse was Philadelphia's offense in the second half. I mean, fumble, punt, turnover on downs, fumble, end of the game.
3: Never a game. There was... That was the Phillies. It was not their night... They have to regroup and find some defensive answers that I don't know where they come well, maybe, from.
2: Maybe you know Bryce Harper might want to switch his allegiances back to the Cowboys. Can
3: Bryce Harper play nickel corner? Because <laughs> can, if, he can, if he can,
2: can Bryce Harper get off my TV? How about that? Uh, I don't really you, need to see how you, Bryce Harper. You Mets
3: fans were so mad at that Bryce Harper promo. It's not about... even
2: Mets fans. I think just fans.
3: No, nobody else cares as much about Bryce Harper and the Phillies. Most people are more neutral towards the Phillies. The hatred you feel towards the Phillies. So the promo Maggie's talking about, NBC had Bryce Harper sit down and explain why he switched allegiance from the Dallas Cowboys to the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles. Yeah, because it's
2: convenient. Ultimate, <laughs> yeah, because he's frog. pandering to the whole no. crowd. Even Jalen Hurts is like, listen, I'm still a Cow. What is it? He's still an uh, Astros fan. Astros fan. Yeah. He's like, I'm not giving it up. So, that I appreciate.
3: He's the ultimate fraud. If he was a Kansas City Royal who switched allegiance to the Chiefs, you would not call him a fraud. You're saying that because you guys hate the Phillies.
2: No, I would definitely call him a fraud because I have different rules for fandom than you do.
3: No. Like that it matters. No. Okay. So it's not the Phillies aspect. It's not how much you hate to, to see me come in and gloat when the Phillies beat the Mets.
2: No, it's not about that. That, that I'm used to. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I can't, I, I understand. It's about the fraudulence. Of listen, you can say I've learned to appreciate the Eagles after I've lived in the city now for for a few years. You can say that, but to switch your allegiance? Oh, first of all, anyone, get out of here.
3: any any neutral fan who's a Cowboy fan in the first place is not exactly who is not from Dallas is immediately showing their colors. So you can't call them a fraud. I don't. I think. would say ninety percent of the non-Dallas Cowboys fans are frauds to start with. You know that kid in the neighborhood. Everyone's wearing an Eagles hat, and one kid shows up to school with a Cowboys hat. That kid's been a fraud since. Fifth grade. You know, that I'm talking kid, about you, Greg Marks.
2: <laughs> saying, that kid is everyone west of the Mississippi. <laughs>
3: no, well, I'm yeah, but you, if you, you live in an NFL town and you're a Cowboys fan, you've already okay. shown your propensity. to be a that's not that's nothing to do with him.
2: That's what I'm saying. There's so many states out there before, obviously, the Raiders move. But like, there's so many states that don't have a don't have a professional team, and a lot of those people are Cowboy fans. They're right. not frauds. They just didn't have anyone local to root for.
3: Right. So, of course, once they get to a local environment, it's not a surprise that they would switch to that team. I, I totally understand it, and you guys. I mean, are,
2: Cowboys to Eagles. Right. Does anything mean anything anymore? Is nothing sacred? You're just going to switch from a team in the same division all the years, all the rivalry.
3: But what, you, of all it? the frauds in sports, you're calling Bryce Harper fraud for this. I mean, this is this is what you got on Bryce Harper.
2: <laughs> no, I just it's just another thing. Uh, YouTube, <laughs> but at least the
3: Eagles didn't win. If the Eagles won, oh my, God, I'd be wearing my Phillies jerseys just to make you guys mad right now.
2: No, you'd say that nothing matters. I thought nothing matters here. <laughs> nothing ever matters. <laughs> just, YouTube.com I, slash CBS yes.
3: I have been t- I've been rationalizing all week. I'm like, the Eagles are gonna lose this game and it's I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with it. I'm gonna be okay with it. I'm gonna be okay with it. I am not okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's listen panic mode USA it Thank is you. Trouble. Finally,
2: you should be panicking. Your team uh, has lost their last two games by a combined forty three points. If you're not panicking now, the, this is like, then, then you don't have a pulse.
3: Well, it was clear at the trade deadline they needed more defensive players, and they got the ghosts of Kevin Byard and Shaq Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I don't know where the cavalry is coming from. Ah, uh, it's it's a bad position when you're just hoping the other team gets some injuries. <laughs> that's
2: yeah, that's like you never know what's gonna happen with the Forty ers I'm like, man, that's a real loser. I can't believe mentality. we walking in
3: today, and I actually think that the Bills might have a better chance to get the Super Bowl than my team. Oh, this we will is get depressing. To the this uh, is awful.
2: YouTube.com/slash CBS Sports Radio, Twitch.tv/slash CBS Sports Radio. Uh, we're Titan fan. We'll see the Titans tonight. Against Miami. Uh, the Eagles have been exposed and blown out by the real top NFC teams. And Perloff knows it. He's talking scared. He knows it's over. LOL. He's in major denial. I don't think you are in denial. I think you're facing it right
3: now. Well, okay. let's. This is one season. Let's not talk like the Cowboys and the Niners have won a bunch of Super Bowls and the Eagles haven't. I tell you, yes, maybe right now those two teams have a big edge on the Eagles. But the Eagles are a very young team. They have Jalen Hurts. I'm not giving up on them.
2: Well, I'd hope you wouldn't give up on them, but thing, they're taking on water. That's well, for sure. I just,
3: I just, I've heard this Cowboys trash talk before. I heard a lot of it last year. I heard a ton of it the year before. Okay. We'll see. We'll see Mike McCarthy, Mr. Genius that you guys are all <laughs> relying on. Well,
2: as they did point out in the broadcast last night, when your field goal kicker nails a, a 60 yarder and then a 59 yarder it does make you look a lot smarter as a oh, head coach. I know. I know. Uh, we will get into a lot, including Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Cry, 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 whine, whine, whine. They were on another level yesterday after the game. But did they have a point? We will get to that. Massive, massive game in that late afternoon window. But it was not even about the game afterwards. It was about one call that came down to one play and then Mahomes and Reed Cannot stop crying about it. 855-212-4 CBS. So much to do. We'll get into Proloff's rough 48 hours this weekend.
3: It, it was a bad one for Personally. your boy here. This yeah. is uh things are not, not looking up <laughs> you, right now. You
2: kind of look a little like the Eagles secondary right now. We'll uh, beat, up. We'll, beat yeah. up. we'll get to that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: it's a visual. It's one of by many,
3: many things going drastically wrong with my life right now. I'm perfectly healthy and fine. But things have been better.
2: Yeah, this was a this. You really got hit with like a one two, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're on the canvas right now. Well, we'll explain everything again. You want to watch the show? We say good morning to our CBS Sports Radio affiliates, of course. But if you'd like to watch the show, YouTube.com/slash CBS Sports Radio, Twitch.tv/slash CBS Sports Radio, at eight five five two one two four CBS Dallas Cowboy calls. Welcome. Always don't
3: move. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Okay, it was a bad day for Philadelphia Eagles fans, and it was a bad day for our all of our AFC teams because we all love Andy Reid, the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think congratulations to Maggie, Buffalo Bills back, they're back, baby. I
2: mean, back, they're still alive. I don't know if they're back, but they're still alive. While the Dallas and Philadelphia game was really devoid of, devoid of any kind of controversy. I mean, yeah. Dallas won they won handily, yeah. and all of that. The Bills-Chiefs game was all about controversy. This is the game that was defined by controversy, and mm-hmm. specifically a play late in the fourth quarter where Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver for the Chiefs, that has been much maligned. He's had really high highs, like scoring in the Super Bowl last year, and very low lows, including yesterday, where he is lined up in the neutral zone on a play that Patrick Mahomes saw the flag come out and assumed it was offsides on the defense Threw the ball to Kelsey in the middle of the field. Kelsey makes a move, makes two defenders miss, as he always does, and then throws the ball back to Tony, who's streaking down the sideline and scores. The whole thing was nullified, though, because Tony was lined up in the neutral zone, and Mahomes was absolutely apoplectic on the sideline, screaming, screaming, just looked like he was about to cry, quite oh, frankly. Yeah. I think he did cry. I mean, he was just incensed. So let's hear from Mahomes. He says the refs stopped greatness when they threw that flag.
5: I mean, obviously tough to swallow. Um, I mean,
3: not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win, but as I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field
5: decide the game.
2: Okay, so this wasn't just bad for the Chiefs, guys. Football, sports, <laughs> this is bad. America. Meanwhile, yes, America, the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, the referee who threw the flag, threw it before the play ever developed and had no idea that this yeah. was wiping out one of the all-time great players cool-looking touchdown. Right,
3: so that that's my first problem with Mahomes saying. What if it was a incompletion, a three-yard pass that hit the ground? Would Mahomes be saying they were robbing the sport of football?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that this is not just about what happened yesterday. This is some yeah. baggage yep. that yep. is carried over now for the Chiefs because of the bad no-call that happened at the end of the Packers game last week. So here's Mahomes saying this is now two weeks in a row where the refs are deciding to game.
5: Last week,
3: I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, I mean they're human men. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something, and all I can do is go out there and give everything I have, and I'm proud of the guys that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended... Another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow.
2: Listen, I get it, right? And I get it for Patrick Mahomes. This is tough. And also, I would say to Patrick Mahomes, this is, like, welcome to what the rest of the league is like. You know, <laughs> this is what happens. Like, you're not going to get every play. And, and here's the really – I mean, and listen, the Chiefs have, been, have had their bad plays before. The d Ford lining up in the neutral zone. We all remember that against yeah. Tom Brady when he was still playing for the Patriots. We get it, but – Like, I think the Chiefs are honestly, they should be frustrated themselves. I get being frustrated with the officials, and we can talk about whether or not they should have been warned, and we'll give you the pool report and all that stuff. But the real reason why Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid should be upset is because their wide receivers continue to let Mahomes down throughout this entire season.
3: It's a team-building thing. They decided we don't want to pay a wide receiver because we have Patrick Mahomes. He's getting 50 million a year. So we're going to let Tyreek Hill go. And now you have, they don't want Kadarius Tony out there. They're forced to try and find talent on the margins of wide receiver. And of course it's going to cost them a game. It cost them the week one game, Kadarius Tony, and yep. they bench him and they should have kept him on the bench. I don't, if, if Kadarius Tony's actually playing in the playoffs, then the chiefs are getting what they deserve. Cause they, Rasheed Rice has emerged as a star Just throw to that dude. Every time I, I totally agree. You know, one thing that dawned on me too, everybody, there was 12 people in the world who, Seemed to not realize that that was going to be a flag on the offense. There was the 11 Chiefs and Tony Romo. <laughs> Everybody
2: else did, Romo was very... Did, didn't get it. Didn't I mean, see
3: it. it was very clear. The the Bills defense was as still as a rock. They right. There's no way that was offsides. Like There wasn't even a flinch anywhere. How could that have been offsides? Do you think the Bills might have let up on defense a little bit because they knew the play? They must have seen the flag. Obviously... It was just weird to hear the call because Tony Romo was screaming as if the game had just changed and almost ignoring the fact that there was a flag that seemed like it kind of had to be on the offense.
2: Yeah, well, and and Nance calls it out right when it happens, right? He says there's a flag on the field, then the play develops, then it's the wow play. But I, I think there's a question, too, about whether or not the referees have the, like, is it in their job description yep. that they have to warn the wide mm. receivers if they are lined up or offensive linemen, whatever? It, if they do, they have to warn. Is it their job to warn a player, especially if the player looks over to check with them? Yep. Now, if the player looks over to check with them, which allegedly Tony did do,
3: mm, okay
2: looks over but we don't know what the official said back. Did the official say you're good? Did the official say move back a little bit? Did Tony even wait for the response for the official or did he just do his like lip service and you know check with the official but he's not looking at the official? Like with Canary's Tony, you have no idea. Yeah. Did he see it and just ignore it? Like he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, what Carl Cheffers who was the crew chief said after the game was essentially And here's the quote. Ultimately, they are responsible for wherever they line up. Certainly, no warning is required, especially if they are lined up so far off sides where they're actually blocking our view of the ball. So we would give them some sort of warning if it was anywhere close. But this particular one is beyond a warning. Boom. There it is. And the Chiefs, honestly, they should know better. This was just a knucklehead play by Kadarius Toney, and they have to live with it now, and I get that's hard.
3: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But I do think that there is uh, – the more I hear about this play from the NFL and from everybody else, Kadarius Tony is moving farther and farther away from the line of scrimmage. Now he's kind of – he's about three yards behind the Will linebacker on the Bills. <laughs> <Yeah, so> it <laughs> she's zone. like, yeah. I mean <laughs> – Whatever, there's this image out of there where his tippy-toes are on the blue line, and yeah. now the officials are saying he was nine yards into the other team. So I do think there's a bit of a revisionist history here, and I generally do not side with the officials. The officials have one job here, and that is to make sure the Cowboys advance. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, they on. can't they can't screw it up by focusing on this one. I mean, I do think, listen, this is not in a vacuum. I, it might be us because we're paying such close attention, but officiating is really struggling. It is, that's why. I, that's why I think even though last night the Chiefs deserved what they got – I do think the bigger picture is, oh, man, the officials seem to be really struggling. The rule book's insane. Like, look at this rule. You're telling me the officials are—it's not quite clear if the officials are supposed to warn a player. The NFL's got to make things very clear, and I think that they keep on running into trouble because of the ambiguity of all these rules.
2: Listen, I would say last week was way worse. Yeah, I would mean, agree with that. You had other officials come out and say that was one of the most egregious no-calls they've seen since 2018— Saints-Rams-NFC yeah. championship game, which, you know, changed the rules. Totally egregious. Yep. MVS should have absolutely drawn that penalty and everything would have changed and, and probably, you know, the, the Chiefs probably beat the Packers. But, you know, for this one, I think they're calling that no matter who you are. Like, people love to have mm. conspiracy theories. You're saying that, you know, the referees just want to make sure the Cowboys advance. I, like, I I, I get you're joking, but I think people really do think there's an agenda, and this one, though, gets called every time, doesn't it? I mean, maybe not every time, but it gets called. It was well, especially on the wide receiver.
3: 11 times this season.
2: They called it on the tush push. When your Philadelphia Eagles tried it last night, and they called one of the offensive linemen in the neutral zone.
3: Yeah, which is clearly trying to send a message uh, that the Eagles should not be doing the tush push. But it's been called 11 times this year, so it's not a lot. I mean, we've had a lot of games. It is a rare call. Once again, the officials are finding themselves in a mess. Because yeah. you're right. Because last week they did not call pass interference, would have given the Chiefs game. I will say one thing: the Chiefs scored 17 points at home. This is a Kansas City Chiefs. Right. They lost this game. I don't even care about that call and that play.
2: Well, they yeah.
3: lost this game, and they are not playing good football.
2: Okay, so this was a second and ten at the Buffalo 49 with a minute and twelve left. Second and so they get obviously not only is the touchdown nullified, but they get a five yard penalty. So now it's second and 15 at the 46. Incomplete, third and 15. Incomplete, fourth and 15. Incomplete. I mean, you had three more chances to try to get 15 yards, and I think Mahomes was so out of his mind that they couldn't focus. And maybe Von Miller left a little early on that third and 15. I'll give you that. (laughs) But they could not get 15 yards. Now, this is the Kansas City Chiefs who feels like they get 15 yards in their sleep, including converting on some big third downs yesterday.
3: Yeah, not to. They were shut out through 29 minutes of football. Yeah. Like who are these Chiefs? I don't even know this team.
2: It was ten points in the second half. I mean, the Bills only had two two field goals in the second half. Uh, it uh, was a sl- a little. So it was, it was much harder yeah. the second half for both these. And teams. you know
3: who the Chiefs missed? You could see Pacheco not out there. He's uh, emerge as a really good.
2: Cutler was not bad though. But still, he just ran, ran out of steam a little bit in the second half.
3: He, yeah, he's not furious at the ground like Isaiah Pacheco. Like that's a that's a difference maker for the Chiefs right now. They. They just feel like they have, they're have. They searching for answers, much like my Eagles. I'm not seeing a Super Bowl rematch. I mean, here's the thing. The AFC is wide open, but the Chiefs, the fact that they're whining this much about that call, to me, shows that there's bigger problems that they're worried about. If they really felt confident in this team, I think in past years they would have been like, okay, they screwed that up, but we're going to come back and get them next week. I don't get that vibe at all.
2: Interesting. 855 212 cbs What do you make of the Chiefs protesting so much? Do they have a point, or do they come across as whiners? Andrew Bogish is here this morning with headlines.
0: Good morning, everybody. Those headlines sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. So Perloff doesn't want Cowboy fans to overreact to beating his tired Eagles last night. But there was Jerry Jones post game saying this was the biggest win to date from Mike McCarthy, the head coach, humble after the 33-13 home win in primetime.
5: Great job. The coaches did a great job. And you know, we didn't miss a beat, and I think we, we demonstrated that tonight.
0: Uh, this is five straight wins overall for the Cowboys, 15 in a row at home. Dak Prescott, two touchdown passes. Brandon Aubrey four field goals of at least forty-five yards. The Eagle offense did not find the end zone and lost three fumbles. Uh-oh, time for Nick Sirianni.
1: Now we're going through some adversity, and so uh, adversity can do a couple things to you. It can it can uh, break you, or it can it can make you way better.
0: Uh, his team is still in the driver's seat, though, in the NFC East, even though they and Dallas now both 10-3. and 3. If Philly wins out, they get the division and the home game in round one. If the Niners win out, they get the NFC's first round by San Francisco, a 28-16 home win over the Seahawks. Brock Purdy threw for 368-2 and two scores. And then there was Vikings Raiders <laughs> scores for wow. 58 minutes and three seconds. And then finally Greg Joseph kicked a 36 yard field goal for the only points of the game. Minnesota wins the lowest scoring game. In 16 years, apologies from Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce.
4: Poor coaching, poor performance by the players. Starts with myself.
0: Yeah, his (laughs) offense managed just 201 yards and nine first downs. The Vikings replaced Josh Dobbs with Nick Mullins in the fourth. He led that field goal drive. They also had Justin Jefferson back from his hamstring injury Mm. until he suffered a chest injury on a big hit on a jumping catch had to go to the hospital to be checked out.
2: Man, weren't we all rooting for 0-0? Zero, zero?
0: And it started with Jets-Texans got to 0-0 zero, zero halftime. And that began the whole, there's right. been this, it hasn't been since... 88. 19- <laughs> 1943 was the last time it was a scoreless game. That's what oh, I read right. yesterday. But
3: the, the, the first time that two teams went into halftime, 0-0 right. zero, zero, since 1988 or 89. That sounds
0: right. But we were on like a yeah. 0-0 zero, zero kick from like 2 o'clock on <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, here's the a- thing,
2: at least that Jets-Texans uh, game... First of all, includes the Jets, so right. no one would ever like be that surprised. But also, it was outside. It was a ra- It's been yeah. raining here yeah. in this area for like two and a half days. So that
3: and that game went over
2: like the right. the Raiders game. Yeah, was inside.
3: Yeah, the, the Jets. Uh, that was a second half explosion yeah, by well, Zach Wilson. <laughs> and the and jets. Zach Wilson
2: looked amazing. <laughs> I was
3: watching a lot of that Vikings Raiders game, and I thought at some point. They were going to figure it out. It was going to end up being 17 to 14, but they never figured it out.
2: So what was funny about that game? So obviously it was going on at the same time as the bills chiefs game. So I had all the games on, like at one point I look up at my screen and on one side, it's Phillip rivers being interviewed and the other <laughs> side, it's like two rugby players. I'm like, what is going on today? <laughs> but I, you know, I was obviously a little bit more focused on bills chiefs. You forgive me, but every time I looked up, they kept playing that same replay of the missed field goal. And it kept tricking me. I'm like, oh my gosh, another one pushed to the right. And it's like, no, Maggie, you idiot. They just keep replaying the only scoring chances of the 0 0.
4: The only highlight in that
3: uh, slug fest that <laughs> happened.
2: How many has this guy pushed to the right? I, Cut him.
3: I don't even think it was a slug fest. It was more of an incompetent fest. They
2: couldn't get to ha- over a midfield.
3: Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know why Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback for the Raiders. I'm sorry. Or, we said
2: that at the time. It's and, like, of course, Jimmy G's better, but you just can't go to him.
3: And I'm sorry. Since I'm in New York, I ha- I just have to say, remember when Josh Dobbs should have saved the Jets at the trade deadline? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not so much anymore. Listen, still, let's Vi- him.
2: V- <laughs> Vikings defense, not a joke.
3: Uh, I don't but, know. No, you got to give Brian Flores some credit. He's yeah. doing a good job there. No, he's, oh, he's really good. But still, the Ra- I, I came out of that game as the Raiders are a joke, so it's kind of yeah. hard to say. They are.
0: Uh, not sure if you guys noticed but the NBA had yesterday off. Uh, still basking in the glow of Saturday night's in-season tourney conclusion. We'll all remember the Lakers beating the Pacers. LeBron certainly will not forget.
1: It's something, like, records will be broken, uh, you know, but one thing that will never be broken is be the first to do something. And we're the first champions of the in-season tournament, and nobody can ever top that. <sighs>
3: Yeah, Maggie, you were right last week. You said LeBron's going to take heat for winning this thing, and oh, I've seen nothing but criticism.
2: I'm telling you, if Michael Jordan gave that exact same speech, people would be like, "We love him. What a what a <laughs> what a trailblazer that not guy two, is!" Not
4: two, not three, not four. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, I think the point is Michael Jordan would never give that speech. I think that's what we all know.
2: But if he did, everyone would be falling over themselves. He 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 would give the
4: speech.
3: It would just be 20 years later at a Hall of Fame or some kind of other ceremony. No, (laughs) He'd add
2: 10 more parts to the documentary just about this.
3: No, he would be more focused on the team that he beat. He's like, everyone thought
0: Tyrese Halliburton was the new face of the NBA, and I showed him that
3: jerk. I want my damn respect,
0: (laughs) too. Uh, LeBron did have a better Sunday watching Bronny make his USC debut. Roughly five months after going into cardiac arrest at a practice, Bronny, four points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals in 17 minutes and an 84-79 OT loss to Long Beach State. On ice, the Golden Knights fought off the Sharks 5-4 in a shootout. Vegas has won 5-6. They lead the league with 43 points. And the Indiana Fever won the WNBA Draft Lottery for the second straight year. Last time they went to Leah Boston, then she was named Rookie of the Year. Caitlin Clark is the assumed number one pick this time, but she could still return to Iowa for one more season. Guys, back to you.
2: Andrew Bogish, thank you so much with those headlines. We see you guys on the phones. We want to hear from you because here's the thing about the Chiefs play and this controversial play, uh, where Kadarius Tony gets called for lining up offsides and what wiped out, which was a really amazing touchdown that ended up having Kelsey throw back to Tony where he scores. I'm kind of someone who's like, loves a neighborhood play, right? Like, I don't want the greatness to be taken away on a technicality. I don't want the greatness to be taken away because someone's pinky toe was out out of bounds or because somebody's big toe was lined up in the neutral zone. It's just the fact that the Chiefs don't want to own up to this. Like, they had nothing to do with it. Like, they didn't do anything wrong. See, that's where you lose me. Technically, he was in the wrong. So why would they expect to get any treatment that's different from anyone else? Last week, where they had the no call and the Packer game against MVS, that you gotta be incensed about. Yeah. Because your player did everything right and you just didn't get the call. This week, your player did everything wrong. Why do you expect the NFL to clean up your mess?
3: Especially when that player is Kadarius Tony when the second, everybody. There's not I think there's not a single non Chiefs fan who doesn't think that was a right penalty. Let's be real. I mean, the Chiefs,
4: though, they've been getting very beneficial whistle from the rest for the last several years. And I think some of this backlash that you saw yesterday was from the fact that they got hosed last week and they didn't got hosed this week. And not, they're not used to getting those the benefit of those calls. I mean, they to me, they felt like the new age Patriots, with, we couldn't touch Mahomes. It seemed like they don't call holding anybody but players against the Chiefs. Like, it was ridiculous. The Jets lost a game earlier this season on a phantom – in an illegal contact call, I didn't hear Pat Mahomes saying, oh, they stopped Sauce Gardner's greatness. Like, it's only when his team gets <laughs> screwed all of a sudden. He's like, oh, they're stopping greatness. I mean, give me a
3: break. This was a bad moment from him.
0: I mean, didn't we begin the year with their right tackle backing off the line? Every,
2: uh, every line. time. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. No worries. They've literally thrown 7,000 flags against
0: that dude. Because <laughs> totally it was so it. bad the first time. Yeah.
2: eight five five two one two four cbs There's some more underlying things going on with the Chiefs. We'll get to all that. Want to hear from you. See you guys on the phones. Let's do it. 855-212-4CBS. You are up.
1: Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
4: You
2: have 47 new voicemails.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Next, don't
3: move. All right, you can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone—it's free battery testing and charging—is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Kansas City fans are mad. I think both you and I agree they do not necessarily have the right to be because it was a penalty. It ha- This is my opinion anyway. It definitely was a penalty. Kadarius, Tony's. It Foot in Kadarius Tony. It was zone. offsides. offsides. And I understand the timing wasn't great, but if it was an incomplete pass, there's no way in a million years we'd be talking about it. So don't play the result here. If it was a penalty, it's a penalty.
2: Well, also, if they're going to give you a warning, it's more likely to happen in the beginning of the game or early on. The refs aren't going to bail you out with a warning with a minute 12 left to go when you're driving in a potential game-winning drive. That's not when they bail you out. They tell you early on, it's kind of like warning both benches and baseball you know, early in the game. Like, Early in the game, you tell you tell them, like, hey, this is, you look over at me, if you're getting a little too close, that we're going to call it. Not with a minute left. I mean, Mahomes is saying you can't make that call with a minute left. I think that's the time you make that call, especially when it's egregious, which Carl Cheffer said it was egregious. Uh, let's go to the phones. 855 cbs Bob's in Cleveland. Hey, Bob, good morning. Good morning. Go Browns. There you go. How about Joe Flacco?
5: I know. He's a resurgence,
2: 38 years old. (laughs) What act is this? This is like Act 5 for Joe Flacco. This isn't even a second act.
5: You know what? Hopefully this is the best one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he can top his Baltimore days.
2: (laughs) That might be uh, hard.
5: I'll take anything close.
2: (laughs) Yeah. How about that?
5: Well, you know, I look at it this way. The, The knife cuts both ways. You know, how many times those of us that watch, you know, our favorite team, have we seen a defensive player line up with his helmet over the ball, we're in the neutral zone and it's called and you know I don't know how many times it's been a good or you know teams are given a first down because they line up in the neutral zone which keeps the drive alive and they go down the field so I mean it happens not just on the offense with a minute 12 to go it happens throughout games you know I don't know every Sunday but it happens quite a bit I mean we all see it.
2: Bob you're right and The refs were totally within their right to call this. And I think the Chiefs are just mad at themselves. Like, they're taking it out on the referees. But deep down, they have to know they were in the wrong here. You gave the referees, like, an obvious one.
3: Well, I do agree with the Chiefs. Last week was egregious. That's a different circumstance. They should have called that one. Uh, that was a missed pass interference call that cost them the game, although there was two ridiculous calls against the Packers on that same drive that set up that pass interference. So the officials in general, they're taking on water this year, Maggie. It might be us, but they are bad.
2: No, it's been bad. Pete is in Erie, Pennsylvania. Hey, Pete.
5: Hey, it's Maggie and Pearl, man. What's How you up? you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Look, I mean, the reason why the Chiefs lost the game, they've score enough points. Uh, you know that you can't expect the like what they normally average throughout the years. Like you know thirty, you know high twenties, low thirties, and they're averaging barely twenty points a game. They need to score some more points, and I think they're just mad because they can't figure out their offensive woes. Have a great day, guys.
2: Pete, thank, thank you, buddy. same to you, dude. Well, you know, here's where they can start, which is Kadarius Toney cost him yesterday. He also cost him week one with the multiple drops against the Detroit Lions yeah. when Kelsey wasn't in the game. You had a Sky Moore dropped an absolutely perfect pass from a Holmes on a fourth and two in the loss against the Denver Broncos. Same game, MVS is a bad fumble. MVS dropped a potential game-winning touchdown in the final minutes when the Chiefs played your Philadelphia Eagles, Perloff, and that was the difference in the game. And against the Packers, you know, that was the bad call. Okay. But you also had Richie James fell down on a running a route, which should have been a clear Mahomes connection where maybe they could have kept a drive alive. So you want to find out what's wrong with the, with the, uh, with the chiefs. I just gave you four games there.
3: I agree with all that. I also think last yesterday, they didn't have the urgency that the bills did. they did not come out of that stadium on fire. In my opinion, Felt like they were asleep until halftime.
2: Well, Josh Allen, of course, has to throw his signature interception, which he did before
3: half. (laughs) Kept (laughs) the Chiefs in the game, thank you. (laughs) Which
2: absolutely led to their first first, uh, touchdown.
3: Yeah, it was similar to the Eagles game. Similar to the Bills-Eagles game where Josh Allen made one mistake that kind of almost cost the Bills the game. But whatever the Chiefs were doing in the second half, where was that all game? It, it's interesting how their offense is inconsistent. We know it is so good. Now, the truth is the AFC is a bit of a mix up right now. Oh, it's yeah. a mess. So the Chiefs are not out of it by any means. But this this is not last year's version of the Chiefs.
2: Oh, the Denver Broncos are one game back in the <laughs> AFC West. Let that sink in for a wow. second. A team that started one and five is now just one game behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Sean in Oregon is our pal. Wants to talk about the in-season tournament. Sean, what's up?
0: Well,
5: I want to talk about that, but the main thing is the seriousness of this Cowboys game. Mm. This shouldn't be belittled. You know, this was Philly's big chance to separate themselves from the Cowboys. And instead, they got to learn about how they do things down in Texas. How
2: about that? And this is
5: the eighth game that the Cowboys have won by over 20 points. You know, and the league record's only 10 games. You know, this offense is clicking, and uh, Mike McCarthy is going to prove Perloff wrong. He's going to win this Super Bowl. Really, and, Sean and talking when tough. you talk about LBJ, you know, you guys, you know, I like to call it defend others. I'm always a defender of others, and I shouldn't have to defend LBJ. You know, the, when when he talks, you know, he's not Michael Jordan. You know, like like LBJ is like a world leader. He's a community in our leader. <laughs> he's a lead, he's a leader in our community. Yeah, and I think he's just a way different cat, way different dude than Michael Jordan. Definitely, I look at him y- as yes. like, you know, just. uh He's a real mentor. He's somebody who you can look up to actually a lot more than uh, Michael Jordan. And uh, he might not be the most humble guy, but everybody's a little bit different.
2: Well, Sean, I think there's a, there's a big difference between Jordan and LeBron. There's many differences. And, Sean, thank you for the phone call and talking a little trash to Perloff. To be fair to Sean, like most of the things he says have actually panned yeah, out. Yeah, no,
3: that made me nervous <laughs> when Sean
2: said that. Sean has won a couple bets against us around here. We still owe him our signed headshot. We'll do that after the show. But anyway... um, one of the biggest things I think about LeBron and Jordan is the exposure. Like, EJ, what's the famous comic book line with Batman, you, you live long enough, you'll find yourself yeah, as a villain? Yeah,
4: it's uh, you, you die a hero or you live long enough to f- you become the villain.
2: Okay, so not as serious as what's going on, but LeBron has been around for so long. <laughs> he's been so overexposed. He's been so out there. It's like live long enough to like watch yourself become a punchline or a meme or right. whatever
3: from a caricature of yourself well the thing about i think the difference between lebron and mj in this particular thing lebron is close he's one of us like lebron is insecure in ways that we see uh you know the guy sits on his couch and analyzes football games he wants credit for doing this he's kind of like he's more human whereas mj was just aloof and different
2: or maybe lebron wants to give you that sort of every man like that's what he wants you to see because i Doubt that he really is like you and me. <laughs> and, yeah, I think some of, and that's, a, and Manny. Yeah,
3: Honestly, some of that's a marketing I, thing. I think, I think. it's oh, really? a
2: little calculated. Are yeah. you kidding me? Or it's easier for him to live that live that existence in the public eye.
3: I don't know. I really relate to LeBron more than anybody on Twitter. He's a he's a sports dad. <laughs>
2: but because there's Twitter. There was no Twitter with Michael yeah, Jordan. He tweets
3: no it. it. was like, oh, I was going to say that same thing. <laughs> Where Jordan was so... You're, I think you're right. It is Mystery. the exposure. You had no idea what was going through Michael Jordan's head. We definitely know what's going on in LeBron's head because he tells us.
2: No, he was in Atlantic City gambling all night before playoff games and the legend grows. <laughs>
3: Uh
2: Okay, lots more to do, including... Another reason why the Chiefs are getting no sympathy this morning.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.